Oh, God. 
Well, I, wanna, I just want to set some course. I want to remind us some things because we don't want to be caught off guard. We want to be those that are bold as a lion, ready to do the will of God, come or high water. The high water last week. And this thing was not leaking either, was it? It was pouring. When Dylan first said, hey, come over here, you need to see this or whatever, I forget how it happened. We were going to pray over the water. It was like a little... A little rushing stream. It was like a wave. An ant could have got on. No, bigger than an ant. A stink bug could have got on there and surfed on that wave. It was big enough. What did you see? It was, it was a wave. I thought this is, this is really, <laughs> it was amazing. We didn't know what to do. This is so good, God, please. We, if we had one thing, let 2020 be, we never know what to do on any given Sunday. And we know we're supposed to preach the word. We know we're But just, Lord, just show up and just spoil it all. Anyway, I don't want to spoil anything this morning, but I just want to remind you of some things. Revelation chapter 12. Because we really are in the army now. You know that. Every one of us. You're a soldier. And we're going to have to act like soldiers. I remember my, my dad, we had a, um, we still do, my brother's got the remnant of that business, but we had a business machine. You know, my dad, they sold typewriters and adding machines and calculators. Some of you guys, they don't, you don't even know what those are. But um, that's, how, that's how we made, we made money. That's how we were able to live. And um, when they would, during the summers, he would clean the machines for the schools. The county, well, we had parishes. That's the real name. You have counties, we had parishes. I don't know why you have counties. I don't think there's anybody else that has a parish, but we had them. But anyway, he would do the parish machines. And he would, they would do a phrase. After they would clean them, they would use this phrase, now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of their country. And they would, they would type it out. Because if you could type all of that, then that man meant the machine is good, ready to go back to school or wherever they sent it. Now's the time for all good men to come to the aid of their country. It was a phrase they used back during World War II or whatever it was, maybe as a recruiting phrase in any way. But, but I can tell you, I see those headlines today. Now's, now's the time for all good men and women to come to the aid of their countries, but not only their countries, to the kingdom. We've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. We're citizens of, a, of another kingdom, but he chose us to be Americans. He chose you guys, I think, to live in the UK for now. So 
you got your own set of issues. But we need lights. We need people to rise up, be salt and light. We're going to be salt and light. How many of you are determined? I'm going to be salt and light. It's going to happen. I'm not going to go AWOL. I'm not going to retreat. I mean, there'll be temporary retreats. But I'm, I'm in this for the long haul. Do or die. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Unless you're a wimp. Do we have any wimps here this morning? Any? There's no wimps. You can't go to... I mean, you can go to some churches. You probably go to most. But if you're going to be the real deal, you cannot be a wimp. You've got to know who you are. First, you've got to know who He is. Because you can get that backwards too. It's not about first who we are in Him. It's who He is in us. When you know who He is, you'll know who you are in Him. It'll all fall in place. He is on the increase and we're on the decrease. That's the order of that scripture. It's not about us decreasing first. It's Him increasing. And you don't have a choice. When He increases, you will decrease. You know what I'm talking about. And if I don't get to the subject, we'll never get there. Because you're going to be there. We're there. I started to send what I read about Virginia to some people and I held off. Because, you know, they're false alarms. And, and I just, I'm asking God, maybe you could hold things off. And I feel like God's saying, will the church really awaken if I do? Have they awakened up to now? What if I sent a flood? Would that change things up? Absolutely it would. So look in verse 7 of Revelation 12. And war, this is about war. And war broke out in heaven. Michael, now we're going to look later. I promise you we'll get there to Gabriel. Gabriel brings the announcements. Michael brings the sword. I'd rather hang around Gabriel. But you're going to need Michael in this hour. And his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. Now, there's some good news and bad news in this. Now, that's necessarily not that great a news. But verse 8, this is the good news. But they did not prevail. In other words, they were not strong enough. That's good news, isn't it? The devil's crowd, the angels, the demons did not prevail. That's good news. Nor was a place found for them. Any longer in heaven. That's all good news. Now, verse 9, here's some, some bad news. So the great dragon was cast out. I mean, that's pretty good. The serpent, the old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast out, and his angels were cast out. That's still good. But guess where he was cast? Yeah, I don't know about that one. And then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation, now this is good, strength, the kingdom of God, the power of his Christ have come. The accuser of our brother and the accuser of day and night has been cast down. They overcame, and this is great news right here. Well, part of it. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The last part, much of the church in America doesn't even know it. It's there. You overcome because you love not your life even unto death. Are we prepared for this? Therefore, rejoice. So this is the good news. Rejoice, O heavens, and you indwell in them. But woe, here's some not so good, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath because he knows he has a short time. Have you noticed how the devil and his ambassadors always are in a hurry to get whatever they want done quickly? You know, that's how, that's one way they sneak legislation. They do it really quickly before you know what's in it. You read it after the fact. You've got to pass it before you read it. That's what they told us about Obamacare. But I just saw where one judge overthrew part of Obamacare this week. The little victories in this great battle that we're facing. Anyway, we better read on. And they overcame him. Now, that's great news. They overcame him. And we read that. Therefore, rejoice. So look in verse 13. Then, now when the dragon saw that he'd been cast to the earth... He persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. Now, this is what we got to get ready for. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness 
to her place where she will be nourished for a time and a time and a half of times from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent, that made him mad. So the serpent spewed water. So just like we saw last week, there's two interpretations. There's a baptism, there's a flood of God, the reign of the Holy Spirit. There's also another flood coming, and it's already here. And he goes on, he tells us about it. So the serpent spewed water. That's sometimes water's words, right? We're washed by the water of the word. And you can look in the scripture, sometimes water is compared to words. Came out of his mouth, the serpent's mouth, like a flood after the woman. So that he would be caused to be carried away. But the earth helped. Now we can't go into great detail on this, but look in verse 17. And the dragon was enraged with the woman. But look what he did. Look where the war ultimately ended up. It wasn't just against... Let me just tell you this. Can I just be real? It's not about an impeachment of a president. It's about the enslavement of a nation. And because that's what happened. Look what he said. Who did he go to war with? And he went to make war with the rest of her offspring... Two things. What was unique about the offspring? They kept the commandments of God, and they have a testimony of Jesus Christ. How many of you would say, you keep his commandments by the grace of God, we understand all that, but you have a testimony that Jesus is your Lord? That's all? Wait, let me try it again. How many of you have a testimony? You don't want to raise your hand because they're watching. They're always watching. That's what they tell us. I told you this. I'm going to get back. But one night we were praying for our son. Remember Shirley? Praying for Josh and Emily, both of them. And after we said amen, my cell phone said, that was a nice thing to do. <laughs> Literally. I looked over at my cell phone. Who are you? Who are you listening? Anyway, I don't know. These are crazy times. But God is on the throne. How many of you know that? The devil's always rushing, but God is the God of the times and seasons. And I, I'm, I'm, gonna t I'm telling you, I don't care what they rush through. God is the God of the times and seasons. I'm on his time, not on your, their time. Well, anyway, he was enraged. Okay, go to Philippians, because last week I said I was going to go here, and I didn't. So I'm going to go here and look at this, just touch base on some things. We need to know how to react in the times. A lot about what we're going to discuss in 2020 is how, how are we positioning ourselves for the move of God and how we are repositioning for what the devil's moves are, are doing. Does that make sense? The devil's going to move, but, and so we may have to reposition at times, but we want to be in God's line, God's position. We want to be under him always, the lordship of Christ. We don't move by what the devil says, but we may have to make some adjustments. I don't know if that makes sense or not. We have, in other words, we have to be flexible. Life is not always a piece of cake. So sometimes when it doesn't go your way, you've got to get up and maybe you can't go one way, go the other way. You just go. And obey the king. Does this make sense? Like one door might all of a sudden be locked and you lost the key. Well, go to the other door. You got more keys than one. And he's got the key anyway. I hope that makes sense to somebody. Sometimes you have to, you may have already missed some things. So don't just stay under the same whatever God said to do. He might have changed orders. How many of you know sometimes God does redirect our steps? Does that make sense? Somebody needed to hear that. But this is good. Look in verse 12 of chapter 1. Here's, what, here's an example of that. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. We've got to remember that. Sometimes things do not happen according to the way we wish they would happen or we had planned but that's not going to slow down the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
It's not going to slow down the kingdom of God. This is what Paul said. Romans 8, 28 is a real word for the, for the church. All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Some things you can't explain. I can't explain. How many of you have things you can't explain? I can't explain it. I just know all these things are going to turn out for the furtherance. And I'm telling you, we got to have that mindset over the world. Things are going to happen in nations. Things are going to happen in cities of this nation. But our mindset is these things will turn out for the furtherance of the gospel. God is redemptive. He's always redemptive until, until it's all over. The Our National Anthem is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And then verse 19, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. Not only he was looking at what was happening on a larger scale, but personally. But there are two things required. Prayer, and what's the other? Can you see it in verse 19? The supply of the Spirit. So what are we going to need in this hour? We're going to need a lot of prayer. That's why we're trying to get the county organized in the day to pray, 24-7, canopy of prayer. God's going to do that. This is not our idea, I can promise you. David and Jody overseeing this, it's not their idea, they can tell you. This is something God is doing all over the earth. He's building houses and regions of prayer. Regions of refuge will be regions of prayer. And where the Spirit of God is being poured out. People will meet the Lord in these places. It's going to get exciting. Okay, you guys ready? So how are we going to act in this hour? Let's go to chapter 2 now. And you can read the rest of this. Paul even... Well, let me just back up real quick. 19, 20, and 21 of verse of chapter 1 of Philippians. He talks about how that he's not going to be put to shame in anything. He had such confidence in God. He was, God, whatever happened, whether he lived or whether he died, God was going to be glorified. And he had confidence. This has to be our mindset. Whether, well, listen, if I die, I depart. I get to be with him. But if I live or whether I die, regardless, if it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. This has to be our mindset. This has to be written out, and it will be. Okay, chapter 2, verse 15. This is what I want to see, and then we'll go back. We were praying for our kids again. Now, the cell phone didn't say anything this time. But it doesn't mean it wasn't listening. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to have fun. I remember when we went, I have to tell you this one thing, because all these stories fit. Somehow, I don't know how, but I'm in the Ukraine. No, I'm in the USSR. It's before it got its freedom, communism, and all of this. And, but anyway, they told me, hey, listen, you, there's bugs in your hotel room. You're gonna be, they're going to be listening to you. The KGB will be listening to you. I thought, well, if they're going to listen to me, I'm going to have a lot of fun. So I got up. I didn't know where it was, the bug. I was looking around. I saw a light fixture. I thought, well, maybe they put it in the light fixture. So I got up and got right where I could speak to the light fixture. I said, if you're listening this morning, I want you to know that God loves the USSR. And Jesus is about to invade this nation. And if you'll turn your heart to him anyway, right after that, the walls started coming down. Three months later, the walls came down. It might have been because I was speaking to that chandelier. I, I, don't, I don't know. I did that in Cuba, too. They arrest, remember? I'm not going to go there. I'm getting way off. We were in jail, and we were prophesying to the jailer that took us. He said, God's going to move in Cuba. God's going to pour out his spirit. And he started shaking. It was like Haley shaking, but it was the opposite. He was shaking. He let us go. This has been an incredible journey. How many of you had some incredible things you cannot explain? You, if you, you would not trade what God is doing and done for anything in the world. That's what you got to look forward to, you young guys. This is an incredible journey following Jesus. Things will happen, you'll say, I don't know how that happened. But the testimony at the end of the day, you can ask every one of these, is that God is good and God is faithful. And God is exactly who he said he, he, said he is. He is. 
You're never going to be able to question. Well, you may question, but you'll not be able to confirm that he's unfaithful. He is faithful. All the way to the end, but... Anyway, we're praying the scripture. We've got to get to the scripture. Because I am going to read that Christmas story thing. And not the Christmas story, but just some things I saw. But anyway, it's a different time. We don't preach as, out of entertainment. We don't preach for any other reason, but we have thus saith the Lord. You know, you're, when you preach, you're supposed to preach as if you're speaking the oracles of God. Woe to anyone that doesn't. It's not a show. It's not to earn approval or disapproval. You just say, thus saith the Lord. That's why I try to stay as close to the Scripture, other than these stories that I hope help make the Scriptures come alive in some way, but preach the Word. But anyway, we're praying this, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And that scripture stuck out to me. I was saying, God, that's where we live right now. We're living in the midst of a perverse and a crooked generation. Now, here's what it means. The word crooked means warped, winding, perverse. There's a, a word that's used in the King James that's closely related, interpreted froward. And it means, this is what I saw last week on TV. And I've been watching, you have too, we don't watch much of it. It would drive you crazy, but it's difficult to deal with. Adverse, contrary, cross, headstrong, obstinate. You ever known anybody to be obstinate? Stubborn, unyielding, unyielding, will not yield. You know, they're, they're, gonna, they're not going to break. They're determined. That's what all of this is, you know, they're determined. We live in this generation. And then the word perverse means to distort, misinterpret, to be morally corrupt. And that's the whole thing behind the impeachment. It's a misinterpretation. It's a distortion. Blaming the president what they themselves have done. Exactly what they've done. We even have it on video. It's the enemy's playbook. You're going to have to learn it. It's part of the accuser's playbook. What he does, he blames his enemies on what he himself is doing as a cover-up on what he himself is doing. The devil is accusing us of what is in his heart. Right? It's part of the works of hell, the works of darkness. He accuses us. He's the accuser, the brethren. It's part of the playbook. But it's all a distortion. But life is full of distortions, isn't it? You can believe something is one way, but it's totally the opposite, right? How are you going to know the truth? You're going to have to know the Word of God in this hour. You're going to have to judge things. You're not going to be able to judge by what men and women tell you. You're going to have to judge by what God has told you and what is thus written. If man tells you something different from what God has written, guess what? Guess who's wrong? Man is wrong. There's a lot of stuff going on. I had one of my spiritual fathers, he's 84, call me yesterday. Not Dan Bowler. This is another man in Louisiana. But he called me yesterday. It was just stuff I'm thinking just before he calls me. I'm saying, God, how do I deal with these things, Lord? Lord, how, how can I, what am I to do, Lord? What's my attitude? And I'm concerned about something. And he calls me right at the right moment. He tells me, basically, son, you obey God. You don't care what men do, what men say. You obey God. You stake your life on thus saith the Lord. And he said some other things. And I'm going to do it. Judgment will begin in the house of God. We're going to get to see it. We're going to get to see it. But I ain't going to be shaken. If you're being built on the kingdom of God, you're not going to be shaken either. It's the only kingdom that won't be shaken. Everything else is going to be shaken to the core. So how are we to live in the midst of a crooked and perverse, crooked and perverse generation? And there's crookedness in the religious world. There's crookedness in the political world. And you got people 
that want to be the remnant just trying to survive. And I'm telling you, God's going to do something which we weren't looking for. Am I with, are you guys with me? Can I just, I'm just, I'm not trusting my heart because we read that scripture, remember, and we've reminded ourselves, those that trust their heart, they're a fool. Don't trust your heart. Don't trust somebody else's heart. Trust God's heart. Trust God's word. His heart is revealed in his word. So that probably gives us to the first point. We just got to the first point. It's okay. I'm going to go fast. It's Christmas. It's a time to celebrate. I don't want to think about all this stuff. But it's in the word. So anyway, how are you going to, how are you going to live? It's perverse. It's crooked. All right, here's how you live. You ready? You want to know how to live? Okay, verse 5 of chapter 2. Let this mind be in you. Let this mind, which was in Christ Jesus, be in you also. So in other words, have the mind of Christ. How do you get the mind of Christ? Anybody got an idea? By the You renew your mind through what? Through the Word of God. Don't be transformed by this world. Or don't, don't let the world squeeze you into their mold is what that means. But be transformed. You know, so we got to think God's thoughts. we got to have God's opinion, man's opinion. You know what it, it amounts to? Do y'all use that phrase, the hill of beans? It doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Unless what man says agrees with what God said. Then it's a pretty good word. Let this mind be in you. And he goes on and describes about the mind of... Let me just give you another example. For example, I understand they're going to come looking for us if we take this stand in these next couple of years, maybe months, I don't know. But I'm going to take the stand anyway. You know, there are people wondering about their gender. You know, should you designate someone a man, a boy or girl, and shouldn't they have the freedom to choose their own gender? I mean, what if they wake up one day and feel like a woman, a girl? Can't they choose to be a girl? Or what if a guy, or no, a girl wakes up, I want to be a boy. I'm a boy. So I'm going to put on my clothes, I'm going to school, and I'm going to be a boy today. It ain't going to work. Listen, you don't, all this stuff that they're debating, it's already been debated. It's already been debated. So when they watch this video and they say, yeah, you, you're anti. No, I'm not. I'm pro-God. I'm pro the Word of God. It's already settled. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. He made male and female. He created them. Now, I don't have a choice. It's not for me to decide. Well, I think, God, we're going to decide that now there are 36 genders. Perverse, distorted, contrary, stubborn, you name it. We're going to stick with God. Ivan, somebody sent me a Facebook. It was a video of a man explaining away the sin of a leader, speaking about how what he did was with consenting adults. I thought... God, how did the church, how does this happen? Then I think back at the bar on Bourbon Street, saints and sinners. He's going to deal with the saints, and he's going to deal with the sinners. But look at our attitude. In verse, uh, we read verse 5, let this mind, and then he goes on to describe, and we're not going to go into detail, but basically being in the form of God, he did not consider it robbery, but he humbled himself. So here's four things. Number one, stay humble. Stay humble. Three things, if you're going to be a part of this move of God, you've got to have these words, humble, holy, and hungry. I'm going to remind you of this again and again and again. Stay humble, stay holy, stay hungry. Does that make sense? Those three things. Next, be obedient. Jesus was obedient to the point of death. He went all the way. That's the next thing. Go all the way. Pay any price. It's not about what you gain. 
It's really about what you lose. Christianity, it's not about gaining the world. What if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul? Christianity is about losing it all, but gaining eternity, gaining what the world could never take away. And we have to let people know the church in America has missed the mark. It's not about becoming prosperous. You might become prosperous and you may lose it all. Jesus said, if you come after me, forsake all, take up your cross. He didn't say, well, you could hang on to certain things. You have to lay it all down. That's real discipleship. It's denial of self. You'll have a treasure on earth or you'll have your treasure in heaven and you can choose. And then in verse 14, here's some things. Do all things without complaining and disputing. So in this hour, you, you don't want to be a complainer. Do we have any complainers in the crowd? Be honest. Listen, how many of you complained about one thing this week? How many of you are honest? Okay, listen. That's why you read the word. You don't get condemned. You read the word and what happens? You get convicted and so what do you do? You run to the cross. If anyone sins, he has an advocate. You confess your sin. He is faithful. I thank God for that scripture. How many of you? 1 John 1, 9, if he is faithful and just to forgive us. There's nothing I can do to earn forgiveness. I just go to the cross. I confess. I put my trust in the shed blood of Jesus. So if you complain this week, you don't beat yourself up for complaining. Then you'll complain more. Then you'll really have something to complain about. Because you're in a mess. Just go to the cross. He took the mess for us. Does that make sense? So in this hour, if the lights get turned off, don't complain. It's going to come eventually. I had a dream years ago. I saw where the lights got turned off in the West. We're in the West. But we were not concerned. We, Shirley and I went into this little... It's like I was in a Western town and they were tying up horses and stuff. But anyway, we went into this place and we... I thought, my first thought going in that, play, that room was, God, I don't have enough food. But we sat at a table and we had a candle and there was light. And I remember in the dream thinking, oh, I got all I need. The light of the world is in with me. I've got everything I need. I don't know when all that's going to happen. Maybe it's for the next generation. Maybe it's... Maybe it's right at the door. But don't be complaining. And then the next thing, be blameless. 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 That you may become. I'm glad the word become is there. Because that means we're in a process of sanctification. There is a work that he's done in my life. The work of the cross is not to excuse my sin. The work of the cross destroys the power of sin so that I can live free. From the power of sin. Does that make sense? But I'm still, there's a sanctification. There's something he's working in me. Thank God he's not finished with me yet. Anybody else with me? That you may become blameless, but it's not an excuse to sin. God is about to take that perverted grace, turn it up on its head. He's going to shut the mouths of every place that's performing that perversion of grace. Because people are being affected. Harmless. Probably need to be harmless this morning. When I look at Haley, I think she's innocent, she's pure, harmless. But you don't know Haley. She only looks harmless. She only looks innocent, pure. She is all of that, right? You get on her war path. She's a warrior. And that, no, really, this is what I'm, it's a good thing. In my book, she's a warrior. She has that humility and that softness. But hell is probably not a fan of Haley Hutchinson and Dylan. Haley, I know they're on the post office, you know, deal in hell. I know your names or pictures are there. Every one of us should be on the, our pictures should be on the post office bulletin board in hell. Because we're the ones that are turning the world upside down. 
But we're to be harmless too, which means innocent and pure. And then we're to be children of God. Act like your father. Boy, is that happening today. You're either going to act like your father the devil, do the same things your father the devil are doing, or you're going to act like your father God. I don't have any way to get through everything, so this is good. I get to pick it up in 2020. I'm not going to quit yet. But I do want to show you one thing. First John, and then we're going to go to that, that other part, and I'm just going to read it. But you've got to see this in First John, what I saw this week. And I knew this was there, but it's starting to make sense. You know what I'm talking about? There are scriptures you've read all your life, and then all of a sudden the light comes on. It's like, whoa, how come I didn't figure that out? <laughs> you know, it's not you, not about your figuring it out. We would know nothing unless he shows us. It's by revelation. It's the, log the Logos becoming the Rhema. It's a mystery, and I love this mystery. How many of you like that? Is amazing. When scriptures you did not fully understand, all of a sudden, whoa. And some of them, maybe, it's because of the times in which we're living. But have you noticed there's a hatred in the land rising up, a resurgence of hatred? It's not just against a man. It's hatred against us. To be honest with you, there's a hatred against... Well, I'm going to show you. It's all scriptural. Look in verse 10, 1 John chapter 3. You've got to see this because we need to know what's going on. You can explain it. And this, here's how you tell the difference between the children of God and the children of the devil. You know it's all going to boil down to that. Whatever genders they got in hell, it ain't going to work when he gets to this point. You're either children of God or you're children of the devil. There's no middle ground in there. This, and this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Here's how you know the difference. Whoever does not practice righteousness is a lifestyle. Practice means as a lifestyle, they are not of God. If they teach you you can practice ungodliness, God have mercy. It goes on. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Nor is he who does not love his brother. Now, this is where it gets interesting. He talks about the message. Then there's two people that show up in this scripture. You remember who they are? Cain and Abel. One of them represents the children of God. The other represents the children of the devil. How do we know? There's a hatred that rises up. What accompanies eventually the hatred? Well, let me show you, okay? Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one. And what did he do? And murdered his brother. We just saw what happened earlier. But he murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. Then here's how the, verse 13, how it relates in our day. Do not marvel. Brethren, don't marvel. If the world hates you. Don't be shocked if you're hated. For whoever, verse 15, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life. And this is what I saw in this. The hatred is going to turn to murder. If the laws are removed. That's why you need laws. That's why we need our constitution. That's why we have to stand for the constitution. You can't let people trample it. You can't let people, you people in Congress, don't let others trample. Because if you let their hatred rule the day, you'll see murder in a day to come. It happens. I can show you in history. It's happened over. And over and over and over again. Those who do not learn the lessons of history are, do history are doomed to repeat it. It's all in the scripture. Don't marvel. You're going to be hated. In fact, that's a good test in this hour. If you're not hated in 2020, you're probably not a child of God. God's going to turn up the heat so that you'll be hated. 
what are you going to do? Don't fear those who can kill the body. Fear the one who can toss the soul and the body into hell. Fear God. You fear God, you won't fear man. Does that make sense? What shall man do unto me? Nothing. God is my God. And everything will turn out for the furtherance of the gospel. Does this, does this make sense? You see where we're going in this next year. We're going to have to be big, strong soldiers of the cross. The weaklings will probably fall away in the great apostasy. If they have not already. Those that had their own form of what godliness is about have already fallen. I heard someone say the apostasy is about over. I don't know about that one. It could be. If that's true, oh, get ready. It's going to be a great, how many of you know it's true? There's going to be a great falling away from the faith. Well, there's some people that told us, wait a minute, that doesn't fit with my doctrine. Well, guess what I'm going to do with your doctrine? Dump it in the doctrine place that is with all the other doctrines of men. There will be a great falling away from the faith. Jesus is going to get so serious. He said, when I come back, am I even going to find faith on the earth? Uh, we've already determined, yes, he is. He's going to find that faith. Okay, be without fault. Say, be without fault. Unblemished. We could really go into detail. You can turn the page later, but Ephesians, he's coming for a bride that's not in bed with the world. He's coming for a bride without spot and blemish. We cannot compromise the message. I don't care what they do to us. And then the next thing, what you're to do when it gets bad and wicked, you go back to that scripture, dark and corrupt. You just shine as lights in the world. Say, shine as a light. Let your light so shine before men so they may see your good works and glorify your Father. That's how the glory of God is going to cover the earth, just like the water covers the sea. Because they're going to see in you the glory of God, the glory. All that He's doing on the earth. Jesus is going to have a testimony among those. The world will hate that testimony. We already saw that. There'll be a spew of words. It'll be more than words eventually. But the testimony will persevere. And the testimony will endure to the end. And Jesus will be crowned as king. The devil will not have the final testimony. He's not going to have that testimony in this nation. Whatever happens in Virginia, you guys get ready in Virginia. You get your counties, get the people ready. I don't know. You, do you even know what I'm talking about? Have, you, have they been talking about it there? I had no, you're not going to see this on NBC, CBS, ABC. Or you're not even going to see it on Fox. Not this kind of stuff. Well, wait a minute. That's where I did see it. I saw it initially on Fox. The sheriff that's going to deputize, deputize every citizen. Gee. Thank you, Lord. Anybody want to run for cover and hide from here on out? No, I agree. No way, man. You're made for this moment. Let your light shine. You don't run and hide under a bushel. In fact, you try to hide under the bed. The boogeyman who you thought lived there, you're going to look over. He is there. Run you out of that bed. You're not meant to be hiding. You're meant to be letting your light so shine. There was a boogeyman lived under my bed when I was a kid. I know it. I heard him. No, he was not a boogeyman. So don't go there. He's not there. Does that make sense? And then this is how I can go to the last part I can read quickly. Holding fast the word of life. How do you want to live in the hour? You hold fast. Hold Hold fast the word of life, the word of God. God's, every word of God is living, powerful, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. You hold on to the word of God like your life depended on it. And guess what? We live and move and have our being in him. Everything. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This is getting exciting. I like preaching when it's exciting. Go to Luke chapter 1. I'm going to just read this quick story. Because something somebody needed to hear this. 
And I know that Anna needed to hear this. This is something for you. I, when I was thinking of you, you're getting ready to be launched into ministry. How many of you are ready to be launched? How many of you are in ministry? But I tell you, we all need fresh launchings. This should be a launching pad. And you're going to be launched out into a world that's ready for Anna McIntyre. You've been being prepared all your life. You've even made mistakes. God used your mistakes. He's, he even used your mistakes to get you in the place where he's got you right now. God is a good God. All things have turned out for the furtherance of the gospel and the purpose of God in your life. That's what the scripture says. Amen. This is good stuff. Luke chapter 1 verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the other angel shows up. This is not Michael. Good, it's the other one. I like the one. I like this guy because he shows up with announcements. Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, Nazareth to the virgin of the house of Mary. The virgin's name is Mary. All this. Rejoice, verse 28. Highly favored of the Lord. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. How many of you used to be Catholic? So yet. Is, Mary, is the mother Mary blessed? Yes. Blessed are you among women. Well, do you know what Jesus said about that? Do you know who's more blessed than the mother Mary? Blessed are those who do what? You want to see that real quickly? Where is that scripture? Well, you know what it says. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and what? Keep it. Who said that? Jesus said it. Because this is what happened. Okay, they're pointing at the sons and um, the brothers, your mother. Hey, Jesus, there's your brother and your mothers. He said, you know who my mother, basically, you know who my mother and my brothers are. Those who hear the word of God and they keep it. They do it. What was the testimony in Revelation that we read this morning? The one the enemy's going to be enraged with. The ones who obey the commandments of God. And they have a testimony of Jesus Christ. This is an amazing time. Let's read the rest, and then I'm going to show you some things. Verse 29. But when she saw him, she was troubled and said, What manner of greeting is this? It'd be like us. What in the world is going on? Who are you? Who am I? Where am I? That's what I'd be. I mean, this is serious. She was greatly troubled. How many of you would be troubled? Gabriel shows up in your room. Since he's the one in charge of the announcements, we need him to show up in our rooms. We need him to show up in this room. I don't know what it's going to look like. But anyway, we just need the announcements of heaven for every day. And then the angel said to her, do not fear, don't be afraid. You're highly favored. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. And he shall call his name Jesus. And he will be, what? Great. And will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and ever and ever and ever. When I see forever, I'm thinking about forever and ever and ever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And then you know how Mary responded. She said, let it be according to your word. Some things I notice in that scripture that we, regarding the word of God, the word of life. Because he is the word of God. Number one. The first thing we notice is that she's con she conceives the word. You and I are, we are literally pregnant. Now, some of us really do look pregnant. Anyway, we won't go there. I'm not going to tell you. Oh, I'm so sorry I said that. I didn't mean to say that. But we are. Whether you look like it or not, we're pregnant. With the promises of God. Prophecies. Word of God. That's why I looked at Joe Burrow and I said, we've been waiting for this moment all of our lives. It wasn't so much about him. It's about me. It's about you. These are the days we've been waiting for all of our lives. That guy's only 22 years old. He hadn't been waiting that long. Many of us have been waiting many, 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 many years. The Word of God, is, we've conceived the promise of God. That it's, it's in us. And then she brings forth, that's the birthing. This is the hideousness nature of abortion. Abortion wants to stamp out the seed that was planted. 
That happens in the spiritual realm, too. The devil is always trying to destroy that which was con- conceived. And why we cannot bow an inch. We've got to let the birth. I think personally, now this is my own opinion. This is not thus said the Lord, but if that wasn't a birthing last week, I don't know what it was. The water just broke. And then right after that was it Mary's daughter's water broke. And the water broke. I'm just telling you. I used to not even know what that meant when my first pastor, but I won't go there. You think I'm, how could you be so dumb? I didn't even know what it meant. They called me on the phone one night. Pastor, so-and-so's water broke. I went, oh, no. <laughs> I thought there was a flood. The river. <laughs> anyway, they didn't teach me that in Louisiana. I, you, you don't even know the things they taught me. I need to unlearn some things. I mean, we just... we. No, don't go there. Because that's the next part of that. And they shall call his name Jesus. Now, what in the world is that talking about? In other words, what God is birthing in this hour is not about what men have built. You got it? It's not about what men are building. It's about what God has built and is building called the kingdom of God. It's about Jesus. Jesus. It's the message. It's Him. He's got to be the focus. He has to be the center. And He is. He is. And then He's going to be great. John the Baptist was great in the sight of the Lord. Jesus was great, period. He just was great. You know, there's the goodness of God. And I love that song we sung this morning. The goodness of God. He's running after us. I love that song. And we're going to keep singing that song. But another song we're going to sing is about the greatness of God. I know we sing those songs too. How great is our God. But I'm telling you, it's going to go to a whole new pitch. It's probably going to be songs we never even heard of. Voice, I don't even know if we're going to get the words out. But it's the greatness of God being shouted from the saints of God. Oh, it's going to be a testimony. That's one reason they're going to come to the houses of God, because there's a roar of the Lion of Judah. Oh, this is going to be good. We're going to birth it. It's being birthed. It is birthed. It's going to be birthed. It is. We ain't going to abort. It ain't going to happen. First Chronicles 16, 25, For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. We're getting ready for a city anyway. Okay, Isaiah 12, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. And then he will be called the Son of the Highest. Jesus, all God, all man, that was his humanity, but he's the Son of the Highest. We just need to go through and look up scriptures some Sunday and everything that it says about Jesus. Just read it and then celebrate. Because that's what we sing about. We just sing, you just sing about him. And then about, you know, the throne of his father, David. And most of us know that because he was the son of man, Joseph was of the lineage of David. So in other words, Jesus, his birth, even fulfilled prophecy. You're like, do you know, do you know that every prophetic word ever spoken since the world began is going to be, there's going to be a restoration of all things, of every word been prophesied over your life. God's going to start digging them up. I know some things have run their course. It's time is no longer for that. God's doing something new, new and all this stuff. But there's some things he spoke over your life years ago. It's going to be rebirthed in the year 2020. He's going to dig it up, bring it out of the ashes. God is the God that brings all things, makes all things new. It's just going to be a new anointing on it. A new fire about it. Some It's being a way that if you'd walked in that Earlier, you probably would have missed what he's going to do in you now. Does that make sense? Oh, that's a big amen. That boy went over like a... Let me see if I can explain. Let me see if I can explain that in Louisiana. Y'all ain't got no mind, but I don't know what to say. I'm just saying, whatever you've been called to do, if you had not been doing it, get ready. You're going to do it. God is with you. The Word of God lives in you. The Word of God is being birthed in the earth. Jesus! He's coming back. Yes, He's coming. He's coming in His saints. Oh, that's the, 
That's the other part of the story. He's going to come in the saints of God. Oh, my goodness. That's that scripture in Revelation. It makes sense to me now. Oh, he's going to come. Thank you. I don't know how to get to the end of this, but I'm going to get to the end of this. No, we ain't getting to the end of this. This thing's going on and on. Because of the kingdom of God, there shall be no end. That's what it says. Of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Forever and ever and ever and ever. We're operating from eternity's value and viewpoint and mindset. We're eternal beings. Hallelujah. Everybody else is passing away. All this stuff is going to pass away. All going to go up. Even the wicked. One day you're going to look for the wicked. You ain't going to find them. That's what the scripture says. You look under. Where are the wicked? Where'd they go? The righteous will inherit the earth. This is the greatest time to live. So, Lord, I thank you. I thank you with all my heart, Lord. I've been preaching a long time, God, but thank you, the anointing. Lord, all, it doesn't matter. All that matters is the anointing. It's going to happen in different ways, but there's an anointing this morning that is something you want to deposit in everyone in this room and those that are watching. And Lord, I don't know if I can put words to it, but I pray, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Just put your hand out, up, somehow receive. Lord, Holy Spirit, come. Thank you. We're making room for you in our end to come again and to manifest your glory through us, that we would be the manifested sons of God that manifest the Son of God that all the creation has been waiting for. Thank you, Lord. Everything happens from here on out will be for the furtherance of the gospel and of the kingdom of which there shall be no end. Lord, thank you that you chose every one of us. Thank you, God, even for the mistakes we made, the times we fell flat on our face, we failed. But you said this righteous stumble seven times, but they rise again. So, Lord, I thank you that you put something in us that causes us to get back up. And I thank you you'll use everything in this hour to do the thing that's most nearest to your heart, and that is to exalt your Son. That Jesus is, He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He's, it's all about Him, everything. It's going to be wrapped up in Jesus. He's going to be the prime. It ain't Amazon, it's Jesus. He's the prime. It definitely ain't Amazon. Thank you, Lord. God, encourage every heart in this place. Let this be the greatest Christmas. And I know that's a word from you, Lord. I know those who grasp it, this is going to be the greatest Christmas they've ever known. And like Dylan said, we don't care about the controversy on whether this is the right day or not. We're celebrating for God so loved the world that he gave the greatest gift, the greatest, his only son. We thank you he's not in a manger anymore. He's not even on the cross. He lives in us. Hallelujah. Lord, encourage everyone. I pray fresh anointing today, fresh oil, fresh fire. Lord, if there's somebody here that will never be back, they're visiting, they're passing through. God, I ask you to deposit the two things we saw about prayer and the supply of the Spirit. I'm asking for the supply of the Spirit through my prayer to be released into each individual life. That not only will they make it this year, they will overcome. They will rise above and be a testimony. God, I thank you for what you're doing in the UK. Thank you it was a birthplace of many revivals and revivalists. And it shall be a birthplace of the revivals in this day. I thank you, God, that America has not seen its finest hours. And Lord, we don't know how we're going to walk through 
some of the things where we thank you if God be with us, if God be for us. Who cares? Who cares who's against us? If they hated you, they will hate us. But I thank you as part of the dividing of the sons of God and the sons of the devil. So, Lord, keep us humble, holy, and hungry. That's what I pray for everyone. There'll be a deposit release, a supply to keep us humble, holy, hungry throughout the year. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this moment. And God, all those people that have been on display, we pray for their salvation. We pray for the Congress of the United States. God, if you could start a revival on Bourbon Street at the Saints and Sinners Bar. God, what is Congress? God, would you send the wave of the Spirit? The water that flowed through this sanctuary, would you let it flow through those halls? God, cleaning out, baptizing people. Oh, God, do something incredible. We're not giving up. We're not giving up on the sinner. You didn't give up. You went all the way. Thank you. If you're here, you're watching this morning without Jesus. You need to know for, to know that you know that you know him. And uh, we, we don't want to pass up this opportunity. For some people, it may be the last chance you ever have. We don't know that. God determines that. But if you're not sure or maybe you're not where you ought to be with God, you, you lost your first love, you're out of love with Him and you want to fall back in love with Him, there is grace. There's a measure of the Holy Spirit. But we want to pray for anyone this morning that needs a Savior. You're not sure, but you want to know Him. Or you're not where you ought to be. And you want to get back in line with His will and His purposes. His purpose. I want you to stand where you are. Is anybody in this place? Would you pray for me this morning? So I want to know that I know that I'm saved. I want to know that I'm going to heaven and God's dealing with my heart. I'm being convicted. I'm being drawn. I want to know Jesus. Would you pray? Well, there's somebody watching. There's somebody in this room too. So let's just pray it out loud. Dear God. And you pray it. If you Listen, you mean it. You mean it. Not because you're repeating the words, but the heart. You're responding. So we're just helping. We're standing in agreement with you. I thank you, Father, that Jesus died for me. Just pray that out loud. Thank you, Father. I confess that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. Cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. I put my trust in Jesus. In the Son of the living God who died on the cross and rose from the dead, who's coming again, but lives in me. So right now by faith, I receive you by faith. So I know you live in me. And I thank you I'm forgiven because I've confessed you as my Lord. I repent, I turn from sin. I give my life to you. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus.